I'm Jack Moylan, and you're listening to Let's Talk Business, a podcast geared towards young professionals served with a side of witty commentary. At Lutz, we rally around the mantra, make light, meaning be lighthearted, illuminate solutions, and create energy. We hope this episode will do just that. Let's make the complex simple. Hey, everyone. Uh, Before you give this next episode a listen, uh, I and the rest of the team, we wanted to give you a disclaimer since we're talking about NFTs, cryptocurrency, blockchain, etc. So this episode really is meant as a lighthearted overview of NFTs, crypto, and blockchain technology. In no way is this an endorsement or does it represent any type of financial advice or tax advice from Lutz or Lutz Financial. So I hope you enjoy it, um, but keep that in mind. Thanks. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Business. Today, we're going to talk about non-fungible tokens, NFTs. Probably going to get a little bit into blockchain as well. But here with me is a personal friend and senior accountant here at Lutz, Will Fry. Will? You want to tell us what is it exactly that you do here? Hello, Jack. Thank you for having me. I started with the firm about eight months ago now. I'm in our audit department and I work with various businesses of all shapes and sizes so far. I mean, you've been involved in audit for quite, I mean, auditing in general for quite a while, right? Yeah. 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 So I was with another firm for a year before and then with the startup prior to coming to Lutz here. That was loosely blockchain and, and in a way NFT related. So. Sweet. So I'm assuming is that, you know, it, did your interest with blockchain kind of start with that startup or did you, have you always had kind of an affinity towards it or why are we talking to you about NFTs? Yeah. So in my last year of college, I kind of stumbled upon blockchain, was interested in computer science, but always very intimidated by it. Yeah. Understandably. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> and so I watched a few like Netflix things. I started reading some online articles and the, the the core of blockchain is very accounting related. It's a ledger at the core. So it's, you know, I was able to kind of grasp that concept. And so that was kind of friendly for me yeah. and grew into it from there. And then obviously blockchain grew and my interest continued to grow in it. So that's kind of how I dipped my toes. Now, when I came back to Omaha after college, I got involved in there were some meetups and different blockchain events around town and met some people through that and that's actually how I got involved with the startup so sweet that's kind of been my journey so I actually did end up learning how to code a little bit of really? it's called solidity it's like the the uh, ethereum smart contract coding language so we did a I did a hackathon in 2017 no way I which is like yeah it was down yeah. in is down in Lincoln I th- Think I might have crashed at your apartment at the Mance. You might have. <laughs> you might have. But yeah, we. So That's we, why I don't remember it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. No, so we built a uh, kind of a notary thing. So that's we'll get into it when we start talking about blockchain or uh, NFTs. But that's like a core aspect of blockchains is is kind of a just like notary. Yeah, if you and I needed to sign something and make it official, we would you know either have a notary come or sometimes you even take it down to a courthouse and right. have it registered and you know, somebody else verifies for you. So that's what we built a in this weekend. Yeah, we just right? had a lot of the groups there. Yeah, exactly. So that's pretty cool. Using man. a blockchain. Yeah. yeah, right. So, I mean, let's just get into it. What is an NFT? <sighs> okay, so an NFT is a non-fungible token. So let's break it down. Mm-hmm. Let's start with token. A token in the context of blockchain refers to digital rep- representation of ownership. So like... Just like we have ownership instruments in the real world, like we have cash, we mm-hmm. have checks. You know, if I hold 
a dollar bill, I own that dollar bill. That's right. how it works, right? Mm -hmm. So a token is a digital representation of that. So just like I hold a dollar bill and it's in my wallet and I own it, mm -hmm. on the internet, you before a blockchain, you had no way of having that, right? If we wanted to own something on the internet, we basically had to have an account at TD Ameritrade or whatever that right. said, oh, TD Ameritrade says Will or Jack has a dollar bill in their account, but right. TD holds the account. An NFT, so it's a token. Right. Token is a blockchain asset, right? right. So. Bitcoin, Ethereum. Digital asset. And digital don't you asset. have to have a crypto wallet to possess tokens? Or yeah, is yeah, that yeah, yeah. incorrect? Yeah, yeah, no. So just like we have a dollar bill in the real world, I have a dollar in my wallet, I own that dollar bill. Right. A digital token, a cryptocurrency token, you have a digital wallet. As long as you have the passwords to that wallet and nobody else does, you possess that wallet and whatever is in there, you own. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of an important part. Sidebar. If you lose your wallet, you had $100 in it, you lose that $100. It's right. just gone. You can't do anything about it. Right. If you lose the password to your digital wallet, anything that's in there is also just gone. <laughs> that would suck. Right? Yeah. So, like, we're used to having an account on the internet. Yeah. Oh, if I forgot my password, uh, you know, go reset. through the reset yeah. process and, and we can reset it, whatever. Now, there's, like, there's ways to back up your, your digital wallet as well. Oftentimes, they use, like, a 12-year word seed phrase. If you ever set up a digital wallet, write that down and like put it in a safe or something. Right. Yeah. So write it down and put it in my wallet. And yeah. Sure. And, and, yeah, yeah. 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 And then walk around um, with it. Yeah. Walk around with it. And a token can be because I mean you hear all these you know you hear Bitcoin, Ethereum. I mean whatever else out there. There's tokens that are currencies on that specific technology blockchain, blockchain yeah. right so yeah, so yeah. it's its own blockchain with the you know in those currencies. Yeah. So a token and in this instance we're talking about fungible tokens i'll get right. into those definitions but Correct. a token like bitcoin or ethereum is i'd use the analogy of a dollar bill or a euro or a yen or a peso right. right so if i'm on if i hold a bunch of dollar bills and i'm in america i'm going to be able to use those right if i hold a bunch of of, of ethereum and i'm doing things on the Ethereum blockchain, I'm going to be able to use my right. Ethereum. Right. If I want to do something on a Bitcoin blockchain and I hold a bunch of Ethereum, I, I can't really do anything. You have to convert to Bitcoin, You have right? to convert it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to go to an exchange just like we would go to a, a currency exchange. Right. Yeah, so much like a, a government backs a physical currency that we're used to using in the real mm -hmm. world, a blockchain backs a digital currency. Got it. Uh, and yeah. now, it, now with some of those currencies, and now we, we'll get back to NFTs, you know, quickly. But they perform different functions, don't they? Like their their currencies are built around, and that might be getting a little too deep. But no, yeah. But it's, it's so, like, Bitcoin is a true currency. Right. That's its function. That's what it was designed for. It was to be a currency, a tradable currency slash store of value. But yes, yeah, it's 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 a currency that's its own kind of value. a decentralized valuation tool. Yeah, exactly. Currency. What you're talking about is uh, like Ethereum is a good example of it. Yes, it's a token, but it's used and it and it acts as a currency in that environment. But it's also used to power this distributed computing machine called Ethereum, where you can get into smart contracts and all sorts of stuff. But you can basically run computer logic in a distributed manner so that instead like if we wanted to set up a contract mm -hmm. in the real world we got to go hire a lawyer write it up 
both parties agree to it. You can use Ethereum to write a contract. We can both read the code. As long as we agree to that code, then Ethereum acts as the lawyer that, that actually executes it. And it Got executes it. automatically. Right. And it and it just happens for And us. it's the integrity of that system that gives the value to the token that's used in Ethereum. Exactly. Right. Also, the token is used as an input. So if we write a contract and for us to put it out there and make it executable, we have to spend a little bit of Ethereum to make that happen. Right. Yeah. So the same way the U.S. government backs the U.S. dollar based on, I mean, people trust U.S. government, U.S. government yeah. has been very successful over time. The, you know, that, that contract model that, that is Ethereum, the integrity of that is what causes, what I don't know. <clears throat> the government behind any currency is kind of what you use as the value. And then there's, you know, the, the economics of the dollar and inflation and, and, the money supply, Value all those things. Other dollar, exactly, you know, other exactly. Currencies, et cetera. So both of those things apply in cryptocurrencies as well. The strength of the blockchain, meaning the network effect that goes into it. So one of the reasons Bitcoin and Ethereum are so highly valued today is because of that giant network of miners and users and people involved in those systems. Right. So that's one layer of it. There's also the the we'll call it token economics or just like in, in, you know, inflation and the money supply and real world dollars, you have Bitcoin's a great example. There's a fixed amount of Bitcoin that will ever be produced. Everybody knows how that schedule is going to work. Right. And so that's one of the things that gives it in a lot of people's eyes, a lot of value is because it's not like the fed can go and bump interest rates or, right. or print some money. You Can't know. inflate and push. Exactly. Money we economy, know exactly yeah. what's going to happen with Bitcoin. Right. So that's where some, I say stability because it's not very cryptocurrencies aren't very stable assets in in that sense. But right. that's where some of that value comes from. Sure. And then, like you were saying, the power of Ethereum, the ability to execute smart contracts, build applications that are fully decentralized on top of this <clears throat> blockchain, gives that even more value. And so. at the core of all of those fungible tokens, which is what makes fungible and non fungible tokens related, is blockchain technology. Yeah. Yeah. And, and which is a unique, a, yeah. a unique, I mean, keep going to that a little bit. So, ooh, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, that gets a little dicey. Yeah. So blockchain. So we, we kind of touched on it early. There's a distributed ledger. Right. So Bitcoin's a great way to learn this. So Bitcoin is a ledger of transactions. Every, you know, the first Bitcoin that was ever created was because somebody mined a block and as a reward, they give a Bitcoin or I don't know what the block reward is now, but so me and you are starting our own version of Bitcoin. We mine our first block and the transaction's posted that says one Bitcoin goes to Jack because he won the block. So now there's a transaction. Uh, and, and when you refer to, not to get into the mining concept, yeah. but that's, I mean, basically people using computing power to, Yeah. Uh, I mean. So what it is, is everybody. Kind of solving, I mean, essentially yeah, solving exactly. a puzzle. So everybody does all the transactions that we would do. Everybody sends them to miners. Mm -hmm. Miners compile them and create a ledger. So say it's a five minute, you know, here's all the transactions that happened in the last five minutes. Right. Now, you and I, in our example of Jack and Will's coin, you and I are now going to race to compile all of those transactions, link them to the previous blocks in the chain. And then there's a puzzle piece basically that says, run these into a function and add one number at the end of it. And then the result of that function has to start with, you know, zero, 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 zero. Right. So what that, and you can't go backwards on that function. Kind of an interesting concept, but right. 
the result of it is me and you take the exact same stuff and then plug in the last number and just guess and guess and guess and guess and guess and guess and guess, and guess until our result meets the parameters that are Got it. put out there. Got it. And so, so basically that's why, and, and not to jump too yeah. far into something else, that's why blockchain is is used to track because it's it's unique in the sense that all of those transactions have to be we have to be accurate on the the yeah. the, the recording of those transactions yeah. for it to actually work. Yeah, exactly. So whoever wins posts the block up there, everybody now is following that block and the, like you were saying, we can't go backwards now. Okay. So if anybody ever wanted to, you know, go back and say, "Oh, yeah, I had $100 in my account. I sent it over here, so I have zero now." If I just go back and do that again, maybe I can trick the system. Can't do it. Can't do it. Exactly. Got that's it. what allows it. So yeah. blockchain, let's go into non-fungible tokens then. Yeah. And so everything we've been talking about until now is fungible tokens, right? So Ethereum, if I have one Ethereum and you have one Ethereum and we give each other our Ethereum, whatever. If same I have value. a dollar bill and you have a dollar bill, right. we could sit here all day long and pass our dollar bills back right. and forth. And then it still is the same sweet. thing. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Right. So that's fungibility is right. where it's, it's basically replaceable. Right. Um, one is equal to one, no matter what. Right. Non-fungible. An example would be like movie tickets or like tickets to a football game. Okay. Right. So there's, yeah, there's GA tickets, but even if we handed each other, our GA tickets that we had bought to a, a football game or a concert or right. something, there's a probably a different serial number on it. Right. And My then, ticket's unique. Yeah. So it's your ticket's unique. unique. Okay. So an even better example would be like, we're both going to Husker game. I'm in section 120s row N, you're in section seven row whatever, P. Mm -hmm. We're not going to be too pumped about exchanging tickets depending on where each other's sitting, right? Right. So, yeah, if you look at the ticket, it looks like the same thing, but there's attributes on there that make them very, can make them very different. Right. So that's what a non-fungible token is. And then you can even go as far as like, like a deed to a house that mm -hmm. that could be a non-fungible asset right mm -hmm. we the piece of paper may be the same the title is registered at the douglas county court whatever but your house and my house even if they're built by the exact same builder and it's the exact same floor model we're going to be on different lots there's going to be different things right about. well and one thing that i saw that was a pretty good example is that you know you can have a mona lisa the mona lisa can have a ton of prints out there, right? Where yeah. you've got tons of people have a copy of the Mona Lisa. So yeah. it might look the same, but it isn't the Mona Lisa, right? So, it's not the unique. Yeah. And I was, th so that's one of the things I, I kind of think about with NFTs a lot that I wrestle with. But I, I, this morning, I was at my parents' house and my dad's a big like sports memorabilia collector. Right. And so he had this picture of Cal Ripken Jr. and Derek Jeter at the all-star game. And I think it was like 2002. Sure. Really cool picture, but he, it also has a little cer certificate of like authenticity. authenticity. Yeah. So that's a great example uh, that can segue us into blockchain NFTs because that certificate of authenticity is really the NFT, right? The picture you and I can go on Google and find it and print it off and hang it on our wall probably look just the same as my dad's. Right. Now that little certificate at the bottom says, this is, X out of a thousand mm -hmm. and, you know, has all the little official language and some sort of stamp or seal on it that says it's official. Right. So the NFT is 
that certificate right. and it points to the picture. Mm -hmm. Just like the deed to a house. The, the NFT in that an analogy is the deed and it points to the land or the property or the... Right. So on a blockchain, when you have NFTs, I don't know, are you familiar with like NBA Top Shots? Like I have heard a, about it actually. Yeah, I've talked to Kroger about it a couple times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so like that's a good example. It's like a, it's like basically a, a GIF or a GIF or however you want to say it. Yeah. Of a of a of a, a guy, you know, of a, a sweet basketball. Yeah, LeBron shot. blocking a shot. Yeah. Whatever. It's right. yeah. It's it's a digital baseball card. Right. Basically, but it's for basketball. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. The NFT, much like we were talking about with the sportsman in the real world, mm -hmm. is. That little certificate. So an NFT in blockchain is a certificate that's stamped and it's tokenized, just like a Ethereum token. Mm -hmm. But instead of just being, hey, I'm an Ethereum token and I'm one, it's I'm an NFT, I'm one of a thousand, and here is the data that I represent. Got it. So you don't store, you can, but it's very inefficient to store files on a blockchain okay so what people do is they take that data in the file and condense it down into like a little string kind of like a url okay create an address for that file's data and then wrap it in an nft and put that on the blockchain so now you have this nft this digital certificate saying that you own one of a thousand mm -hmm. of this image on nba top shots right yeah. And then you utilize blockchain too. So, yeah, now now you own this right. and you can send it or you own it. Just like we were talking about, you have it in your wallet. Just like you carry around a baseball card in your wallet. If, if that's the way you roll, then you can carry around your NFT in your so digital wallet. comparing NFT and, and fungible tokens, and maybe it's not wise to go back and forth. I don't know. But I, I whereas a, a token... You say, you know, a Bitcoin token is technically unique and the uniqueness of the blockchain of that token is what makes it secure or, or gives it value. It's still the same as the one that I could share with you. Yeah, it's the same as the other Bitcoin. There's no token. unique attributes to it that it's pointing to saying this is. Yeah, well, I mean, like it, a dollar bill has a serial number on exactly. it. Exactly. But nobody really cares unless you're doing like true forensic. Right. Like trying to hunt down criminals and stuff, you're not going to pay attention to the serial number right. on a dollar bill. Right. For all intents and purposes, you can exchange dollar bills all day long and nobody's worse. Right. Now, an NFT, it's going to have a serial number in the sense that it might be numbered like one out of a thousand. It's right. going to be limited and you're going to know which number out of that set that it is. Mm -hmm. The other part about it is you can, you track the ownership of that asset. Got so it. like if I... Mm -hmm mint an nft it's going to say hey will created this nft here's the nft here's the data that it is that it represents i took a picture of something and and took a picture of me yeah yeah it's a beautiful everybody's going to want this yeah, nft right. and i minted this yeah. this nft on a blockchain i'm the creator and i'm the original owner now i can sell it and it's going to say hey will's the creator he was the owner now will sold it sold it to jack right now, what that's like, okay, cool, whatever. You can see who owned it. Great. But, like, it's kind of interesting because what if somebody famous buys it mm -hmm. and, you know, does something in an Instagram video with it? You know, so yeah. you know that number one out of 10 of my Jack NFT is the one that, I don't know, who's your favorite movie star? Yeah. 
Tom Cruise. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, yeah. not Tom. No, we're going with Tom. No yeah. way. No. So Tom Cruise bought this and it was in the Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> so like that's kind of cool. Right. That and is actually that so brings now, an entirely different like, you know, perspective or dynamic to exactly the value of, you know, the the Mona Lisa that was owned by whoever. I mean, that, yeah. I mean, that that's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you mentioned buying and selling. Where do people do that? Ooh, there's a few places. I am going to pull out my notes here because I wrote down a bunch. Uh, NBA Top Shots is a good one for... NBA. Um, and, and for NBA NFTs, obviously. Yes, NBA NFTs. But also, it's very like user-friendly. It's A lot of blockchain applications can be super intimidating. Right. Um, you got to download a wallet. Shocking. To, Listen to this conversation. Right. Like, of course, it's very confusing yeah. and intimidating. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying this is a high level conversation because I promise that this <laughs> is probably going to sound like yeah. that Jack guy has no idea what's going we're, on. We're scratching yeah. the surface. We're, we're right. getting there. But yeah, NBA Top Shots is a good one. Also, Crypto Kitties, that one's a little more, you have to be a little more blockchain savvy you okay. know used to working yeah. with digital wallets like top shots that's one you could just go and dip your feet into right yeah top shots anymore, you can go on. i actually last night because i did i had never used top shots before right i went on created an account deposited 10 bucks and bought my first pack nice and i got three nfts so it's the same thing as buying a pack of basketball cards i mean you're yeah it's kind of fun like one. i was i was a little bit like eh, whatever sort of thing on this top shots deal because i'm not a big basketball guy but like you buy it and it they put a little pack on your screen and it yeah. wiggles around and then you open it and it shows you your, your deals. And then it nice. says like, this is, you know, it's, it's all over the place. I think mine were all out of, there were 40,000 of them. Minted. Got it. So I was like 33,000 out of 40,000. Right. And so it's like, they're not very scarce. So right. the value of them in theory, isn't going to be super high because there's 40,000 of them out there. Does something like NBA Top Shots, do they store your NFTs for you? That's a great concept that we should get into. Okay. So we just talked about how your NFT doesn't actually hold that image or asset or data, right? So where does it live? If we're looking at like a normal internet situation, it's going to be in a URL somewhere and somebody's going to host it. What happens if whoever hosts my the data that my NFT points to decides they don't want to host it anymore. They just delete it and it's gone forever. Right. So th- th- this is another concept that we'll have to get into. There's a there's a thing called IPFS, Interplanetary File System. Interplanetary. Interplanetary, yeah. Sounds These guys out of Stanford, now they got... Fi- now this is cool. fake. Now we're getting into stuff <laughs> yeah. that's fake. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll beam up Scotty yeah. here. Yeah. No, so it's... Uh, uh, the, the best way I can describe it is if we, you have a URL... Yeah. Right, that points to a server address, okay, like a physical location, right? Whoever's hosting it, yeah, whoever's yeah. hosting it, whatever you want to put on that server, whatever the host wants to put on that server, they can put on that server, mm-hmm. and it's all up to them, right? What IPFS does is instead of pointing to a, a, a server, it points to the data itself. So, remember, I said it, it an NFT condenses the data in a mm-hmm. file and then puts that onto the blockchain. Mm-hmm. So in a similar process, IPFS condenses the data and then uses that as the address. Got it. So it's interesting because if you at all change the data in the file, it changes the address. Okay. So if I own an, an NFT 
and I have that string in my NFT, and then I go look it up on IPFS, I'm going to know that it's the original data that I bought with this NFT. Got it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, sort of. Okay. I'd have to. I'd have to give it a day or two. Yeah, but but it's a powerful thing because there are, and especially when I don't know, months ago when NFTs were going nuts and yeah. people were all about them. There's like rug pull operations where it's like, hey, I'm going to sell all these NFTs, and then whoever was hosting either collected the money and ran and stopped mm-hmm. hosting, and then yeah, I have an M- NFT that points to this server address, but there's nothing on it, right. so. It's gone. Right. So IPFS is essentially kind of a, um, a protocol that, 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 you know, secures the data that, yeah. you know, you purchased. Exactly. Right. So same thing when we talk about the integrity of a fungible currency, that it's got protocols that it uses and the integrity of that, yeah. that, that currency is yeah. what gives it value. Yeah. The IPFS is what, what allows you to know that it's secure. Yeah, or it's not going away. Exactly. So I guess that was a that was a, a kind of a sidebar, but an important one because it brought up the aspect of either you need to know and trust who is hosting your non fungible tokens, or you can use IPFS or, or a distributed file system like that to secure it. And then if I just download that file. I can store it on my own computer, and even if it goes away from IPFS, I'll re-upload it, and as long as I didn't change the data, Got it. it's still there. Got it. And my my NFT still is associated with so it. So in terms of, of whether or not Top Shots stores your NFT for you, that's a no then. That was something I probably should have looked up. I don't know if they use IPFS. They are the NBA Top Shots was created by a company called Dapper Labs, okay. which is kind of a crypto blockchain. Sure sort of company. I'm assuming Classic they, name. they do it the right way. And actually, there's a company in Omaha called Pinata okay. that is kind of a gateway for hosting things on IPFS. Right. I think they might work with Dapper Labs. I'm not sure. But yeah, they they if you go to their website, they show you what companies they work with. Sure. And yeah, they, they do that. No kidding. So there's going to be a lot of people that are probably going to get nothing out of this maybe some a lot of people that are probably going to understand it more than i understood it there's i mean it's a whole entire wide range of of people are there any good resources out there that you think can help people kind of navigate these waters because i mean these are some pretty intense concepts yeah first thing i would suggest is go ahead and go to like i said nba top shots is a very user-friendly one and use it, use like minimal amounts of money, Right. you know, just, just dip your toes in and kind of get a feel for the way that works. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as literature and learning about what is an NFT, because I agree, my ramblings may or may not have had value Your to incoherent our ramblings. listeners. Yeah. Yes. Uh, no, no. I mean, I, I mean, I hope, clearly know what you're talking about, and it does. Well, it I hope at the very sense. least, my my excitement is communicated because it it's fun. This it is. is fun stuff. Well, and for it's me, just, it's and just it's, that when you get into stuff like the IPFS, yeah. and and some of the protocols like on the fungible side of things, yeah. and what their function is, and and, and how different agents on that that currency yeah. interact. I mean, that gets weird. And we've touched a lot. Like we've covered blockchain. We hit a couple of smart contract concepts right. where we've gone into NFTs. And then I, I mentioned IPFS. So like those are, we've hit a lot of stuff. So 
one, any term, the, the way I learned all this stuff is I went to those meetups, talked to people who knew what they were talking about, mm-hmm. and just kind of kept a logbook of terms that they used. Sure. I found some podcasts. Epicenter is one. Oh, Bankless is another one. I just would listen to those. Most of the time for the first couple of weeks I listened to them, I didn't understand a single thing. Right. But again, I wrote down some buzzwords, Googled them, figured it out that way. I imagine you driving to work like, hmm, like, you know, that scene from a good burger. He was like looking at that piece of paper. He goes, I know some of these words. That's exactly what it was. Yes, yes. Yeah, and then eventually you start understanding sentences and then like concepts start to make sense. Well, I Uh, think I remember like growing up thinking, you know, asking questions about the stock market. What's the stock market? I think the best advice I ever got, which is exactly the advice you just gave, is mm -hmm. to buy a stock in something you're interested in and then by simply being invested in it, you'll gradually determine if you're a interested or b not and if yeah. you are interested you'll probably learn more about it exactly if not whatever you're only out 10 bucks exactly exactly if it's if it's not for you it's not for you another resource i would suggest real quick is that pinata company mm-hmm. go to their website they have some content their founder kyle tut like i said he's a nebraska person they live in omaha now i think he's from waverly so shout out waverly representing on the Sweet. blockchain stage yeah, right. But he has a Medium page. We can link it in okay. the show notes. Yeah. Um, and he's got some really good stuff. It dives into kind of what I was trying to explain about who hosts your NFT. Right. And, and then he gets into some concepts of, like, who's responsible for taking care of it. Like, you brought up the Mona Lisa. Like, who's responsible for taking care of the Mona Lisa? The painter? Or right now, it's obviously the museum. Museum the Louvre? Yeah, we don't need to get into that. <laughs> I think it's the Louvre. I don't, I don't I'm assuming uh, the Louvre. But like, that's an interesting concept for NFTs. Who's responsible for hosting it? Yeah. Is it the owner? Is it the creator? Right. So yeah, he he's got some interesting. How much of that? So when you talk about those concepts, then who's responsible for maintaining it? How much of that stuff is still being figured out, or is it? Oh, 100 percent. Right. 100 percent. Yeah. And there's, we didn't even get into this. But you can program things into NFTs. Okay. So, quick dabble. Yeah, yeah. As a creator, I could program in that anytime my NFT that I created is sold, I collect royalties. So, it's it's interesting if you just think about, like, your NBA Top Shots ideas and those sorts of things. But then you can get into, like, music. So, you can create an NFT for, say, a beat. Right. And then... It, this is still in the discovery phase, but you people are working on ways that you could program in so that it, whoever created that beat collects royalties when somebody creates right. a song out of it and then sells it. <laughs> right. So there's, there's, that's the, NFTs are a great way to take something that we've always done on, in, on paper in the physical world and make it digital. Right. And then the next step is to do those cool new concepts with it. Right. So. Well, that's uh, let's talk about speculation real quick. I mean, you know, the idea is, or at least the you hear people talk about cryptocurrencies completely getting rid of of fiat currencies, or yeah, you know, NFTs being the new trading cards, the digital yeah. trading cards. I mean, the, what do you what what are your thoughts? Ooh. Another concept some listeners should look up is called Web three point Web three point Okay. <sighs> yeah. Super cool. It's it's basically like the blockchain. You are web. a nerd. Oh yeah, dude. Trust me. <laughs> okay. You shouldn't have what got me started. What is Web 3.0? So in short, it's the decentralized web where instead of you and I using Instagram, we have our own account on a decentralized social media platform, and 
everything we post is an NFT, so we own it and we can control the usage and the rights for it. And then monetization of it is built in because it's on a blockchain already. Right. So like I said, you can build in those royalties. Say we post a link and people start buying stuff from Nike based on the link that we post. We collect royalties automatically through the blockchain. So that's like a super quick web 3.0 like picture where yeah it's a whole well because you've got world. i mean you've got you've got these people that are making pretty unique content when you talk about just purely the social media example right yeah. some people you making some pretty unique incredible entertaining content and yeah of course they make yeah you've got these tiktok people that are millionaires whatever yeah they're making money but still there's a lot of people that are probably making unique content that don't get that either financially or, you know, anything else, just, just that credibility. So yeah. that seems really unique. And the, that's a, that's a good thing you brought up because that's one of the big things that people kind of reference when they talk about these ideas in web 3.0 and like a decentralized social media is our current social media. Like if you think of YouTube, the, it's a, it's a short tail. I don't know if that's the correct term, but the, People that have a ton of followers make a ton of money, mm -hmm. and then it drops off pretty quickly. Right. If, if you don't have that many followers, you're probably yeah. not going to make any money. They're for sure the outliers. Exactly. Right? They're on the ends of the spectrum. Exactly. Got, it's Yeah, there's very few making most. It's the Pareto yeah. principle. Yeah. 20% of the people are making 80% of the money on those things. Exactly. But that, yeah, there's probably, but then it's still the, the Facebooks or the YouTubes that are running and controlling those, but mm -hmm. in Web, web 3.0, so, man, I'm on. If I'm you, in. But, so if you decentralize it, yeah. if I'm a store and I say, hey, anybody can post this link and anybody that buys through the link that you post, I'll give you 10% of the sales. Right. Anybody can do that. So now the person with a couple thousand followers, mm -hmm. you know, they can post it out there and start making respectable money. So it creates a long tail effect is what they call sure. it. So instead of being so top heavy, you provide opportunities to other right. people. Now... Bringing it back to like some real world, like, hey, let's just get some brass tacks sort of things. We brought up deeds earlier, uh -huh. like like home land deeds. Yeah. That's one of the things that I see kind of converting very easily, right? Yeah. There's there's title insurance, literally for the, for the idea that I buy the title to my house, but somebody comes out of Istanbul and says, no, I actually own the title, all that land, and is able to present a deed, right? right? So... Why couldn't we take all of these land ownership records, put them on a blockchain, and then anybody can look up the ownership title to land? Right. And it's, it's out there. It's open. It's verified and it's known. It kind of eliminates the need for right. title insurance well, in a perfect world. Exactly. Well, so there's, was, there's all sorts of use cases like that. That was one of the other questions that I was going to bring up. I don't think we have time, but let's save it for another day. Was just some of the industries. I mean, we talked about maybe currencies and, and, and trading cards, but to get more in, in line with your experience in the past with a startup, I mean, there's a lot of industries that could potentially either grow out of it or be eliminated. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. Well, Hey, I appreciate you uh, explaining this. I've got some homework to do. It was fun. Anything else? No, thanks for having me out. Like I said, I hope, I hope my incoherent ramblings some people could make <laughs> no, coherent i think ones. it was fantastic you're just asking me to grasp some concepts really quickly that i don't necessarily know if i you know it'll give me a day yeah yeah we'll we'll get a beer about it yeah thanks man 
You've reached the end of another episode of Let's Talk Business. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on your podcast app, Spotify, or iTunes. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to make light.